This is the All Sports Podcast devoted to your favorite teams in North Texas. Welcome to Ballsy, a production of the Dallas Morning News and Sports Day. Our weekly show is proudly hosted. Okay, strike that. Our show is hosted by Kevin Sherrington, Evan Grant, and myself. I'm David Moore, and who knows, maybe we'll have a special guest or two along the way. In this episode, we'll be talking about the Texas Rangers. Catch other episodes by subscribing to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. We're also on social media. Just search Ballsy Podcast on Facebook and Twitter, and you'll be notified of the latest episode. Don't forget, it's Ballsy with a Z. Are you ready, sports fans? Ballsy starts now. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Ballsy, the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News Sports Podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington, joined in the studio today by David Moore. Hi, David. Hello, Kevin. And on the line from beautiful San Diego, another boondoggle. One of four people we have in San Diego right now. (laughs) Who says newspapers are dead? (laughs) We got Evan Grant. Hi, Evan. How's it going? Uh, It's going fine, Kevin. Um, Are you uh, accusing me of... uh, Boondoggling? (laughs) Yes, that's exactly what I'm accusing you of, boondoggling. Okay. I saw that, you know, you? Richard Justice sent me that picture of the two of y'all sitting oh, there, grinning it up, having a great time, laughing, yucking it up, saying how we're just sucking all the money away from the newspaper to do more valid things like, oh, I don't know, send the columnist to the Sugar Bowl. But instead, there are 16 of us out there in San Diego. Somehow I get the sense that this is coming back to him in some way, shape, or form, Evan. <laughs> Yeah, I know. You know, there there are a couple things involved here. One, um, uh, yeah, I know we could we could instead be dedicating money to an undercover beat like the Cowboys. Um, oh, uh, <laughs> or or two, Kevin. They they tend to send people who get traffic on the road. Wow! Uh, wow! You're really taking shots now, man. Well, I mean, I'm going to fire you. You guys fire shots. I bring nuclear weapons. <laughs> oh, man. They call me Little Rocket Man if you want. Oh. Bring a knife to a gunfight. Yeah. Little Little Rocket Man <laughs> is the uh, operative with you, too, by the way. So, anyway. All right, so, Evan. Let's, uh, let's Sam, move past. Sam, just for, for, for the listeners out there, Sam Blum, <laughs> our new backup Rangers writer, is at the winter meetings with me. Sam is just kind of learning the ropes of, of the baseball beat and and uh, there's, if there's any place to learn that in baseball you stand around and wait for bad information, it's the winter meeting. Yeah, that's it. Are you at least downtown? Or, or is it out on the town? island? Are you staying? Is it? Are the meetings downtown or are they out on Coronado yeah, Island? Yeah, they're downtown. Or? Okay. No, they're downtown. They're at the, at the uh, Manchester Hyatt um, downtown and uh i actually stayed over in the gas lamp district so it would force me to walk, walk. to and from the <laughs> hotel so i actually would uh be outside for some time during the day so you're braving the winter weather in san diego to walk to an indoor facility to stand inside yes correct 
All right, Evan, we're we're tired of your story. Uh, let's move on to the Rangers' story, and uh, and so now uh, Sam wrote this morning that uh, the Rangers' pitching problems are all solved, and so now they're going to move on and see if they can solve this problem at third base. Um, yeah, yeah, something like that. <laughs> no, I, I I think we talked about this last week, Kevin. The whole deal was get get some pitching in hand so that you had capable starting pitching uh, in the rotation and you weren't going to be forced to, like, open up multiple spots to young, unproven guys. Uh, The first choice was Zach Wheeler. That went off the boards without the Rangers being able to land him. Uh, So they they went out and added Kyle Gibson. Can I I butt in a minute here? Are, Are you eating while you're talking? No, I just don't have a cough button here. Um, How about a cough Jordan drop? Miles last week. So, in, in doing that, it then allows them to focus on the on the biggest priority and the biggest investment, which is going to be third base. And they don't have to worry about while they're while they're focused on Rendon and trying to solve that. They don't have to worry about watching all all these other pitchers go off the board. They know that they've at least got serviceable pitching for the for the rotation. And, and and Jolie Rodriguez has just signed for the bullpen, right? Correct. He's a reliever. He's a he's a um, uh, he's a he's a guy that the Rangers actually had for a very short period of time in 2017 at the minor league level. Um, went to Japan. Uh, was throwing. Uh, I was told 99 to 100 up there. Um, had incredible numbers in Japan and. I think we know that the Rangers' track record of, of signing guys out of Japan has been pretty good. They've scouted Asia really, really well. So um, this is a, a two-year, $5.5 million deal. Uh, gives them a, a second lefty to pair with Brett Martin in the bullpen. Um, and uh, this guy would probably, even though you know we'll have this three-batter rule this year where you've either got to finish the inning or, or uh, face a minimum of three batters, this guy will give you, if you've got to get a lefty out at the end of an inning, this guy gives you a, a real weapon there. So, they, so they've so they beefed up their bullpen a little bit more. They've got, as you said, two more serviceable starters. They've got four now. Uh, that, that means you only have to, if, if this is all the starters they end up with, uh, they don't have to tax their young guys. I think this is kind of, not that this was, I know looking back, I thought about this this morning uh, when I was reading Sam's story. Um, so do we think it was a mis- You know, I had a story, too. <laughs> Did you really? I didn't even notice. I didn't even notice you had a story. It was on page six, I believe. Was it? In the in the old antiquated print version. In the print version? Digitally, they, we don't See, look at See, David, it. I don't even look at that anymore. You know, the print version. Don't say that out loud. Well, I, actually, I do look at it. Uh, but I would have had to go outside in my pajamas. <laughs> it was to too cold it. today. It's too cold. It's too cold here. It's really cold here, Evan. I don't know if you knew that. But anyway, cold and raining. Um, is that... Uh, you wrote about the pictures today, correct, Evan? Uh, I wrote about Rendon today. Rendon oh, today. Okay, I get you. One of those guys. It was a joke. Okay, come well, on, Evan. But my my, my Oh, point. I'm sorry. I'm very I'm very sensitive these days. I'm sensitive. <laughs> so so here's the deal. Then did the did the Rangers um, did they make a mistake going into last spring? Then should they have? Uh, did they think that these young guys could have you know could really fill in the rotation? 
Did they think that uh, that would be okay to try to do that? Did they do it because, well, we're going to just bite the bullet this year and wait until next, you know, winter to add yeah, some there was pitching? A, there was last year's last year's strategy was to get a guy who would give them some innings, which is what they did with Lynn, and then take a bunch of flyers on guys like Shelby Miller and Drew Smiley and Edinson Volquez. And there was, the, and, and that was the plan, the quote unquote plan to buy them some time as, as young guys develop. Uh, now, they've got guys who are not nearly as much of a question mark as, as those other guys were, may not have the the one-time upside that, that those guys did, but they're, they've got a higher floor, I think, and you are only going to have to commit one spot at the start of the season to one of those young guys, and that's probably, at this moment, looks like Colby Allard would be the the favorite. He, he had the strongest finish of the three young lefties, Allard, Palumbo, and, and Burke. Um, and then you've got Burke and Palumbo in the minor league after last year where they both missed some time with various things. Uh, they can put together strong first half. They 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 go into your pool of, of depth of guys. Uh, I think it's um I, I think it all works out to kind of lengthen out their reliable pitching pool, um, which I think still has got to get to eight or nine, um, maybe even ten. I think that there's always the possibility that Taylor Hearn will be healthy this year, and that would give them an eighth guy. Uh, I think before the end of the season, Tyler Phillips might be uh, a ninth young guy. And then uh, I think that they won't necessarily be done this offseason, depending on on what happens with Rendon and other things. But sure, I think that there's also going to be a flyer or two that they take uh, later on as a depth guy, but not as a guy to be counted on at the start of the, rota- at the, start of the season. Evan, oh, okay. I was just- Go okay, I was just going understanding they need to expand the rotation, and, and you're looking for a fifth starter. When you when you look at the four, the first four guys they have in place, and, and understanding we still have free agency here, how does that core that or that start to the rotation project against other lineups in the conference? I think it's average. Um, uh, you know, it certainly would have looked a lot sexier if they had landed Zach Wheeler to go with Kyle Gibson. Mm-hmm. Um, then all of a sudden you've got a legitimate, uh, I don't know if you, you clear have, have a clear one-two-one, one, but you've certainly got guys who can fill the one-two-three spots ably. Um, not landing Wheeler. Uh, and they, they, they reacted by going out and getting Jordan Lyles, who they think, you know, last year may have solved some things and, and may have some more upside than, than he's shown to this point in his career. And he certainly did have a really good second half with Milwaukee. Um, but I, I can't I can't sit here and say that, that their rotation right now to me sparks uh, championship thoughts. I do think it it gives you the op- the idea that this team can can compete with their starting pitching. I, I think last year you were – it was just the, the strategy was hope and prayer. I think this year you've got legitimate um, le- legitimate candidates who can who can pitch in the big league. You know, the, the one question you'd have is that and – and I agree with that. I think this, this these are good moves they've made. Not great moves, but good moves. And um, is that 
why didn't the Twins try to keep Kyle Gibson? Why didn't the the Brewers uh, try to keep Jordan Lyles? You know, these these are the questions that uh, that I would ask. These are, you know, of course the Twins and Brewers are both teams that are contending for you know playoffs, and uh, and their rosters are going to be a little bit better than the the Rangers on the whole. Uh, but it, it does make you ask those questions. Yeah, and I think you know those are good points. I think to to one on one side, the Twins are looking they're looking at upping their floor even a little bit higher. And so they've been in on guys like, like Madison Bumgarner and in on guys like Dallas Keuchel. Um, uh, whereas I don't think that they're going to be in on, on a free on, on a big-time position player free agent. So they've got a little bit more latitude there. Milwaukee, it appears, is willing to shed an awful lot of payroll. They've they've lost out on Mike Mustakis. They've lost out on Yasmani Grandal. Um, they they look like they're not all that interested in in spending big money this year, which is interesting, um, especially with you when you still got Kristen Yelich sitting on that on that roster. But I, I think Milwaukee, even though they went to the playoffs last year, they they appear to be in a little bit different mode than does Minnesota. Let me ask you this because you brought up Grandal, and I, I've been thinking about that and just frankly forgot to ask. Uh, should the Rangers have made a, a run at him? Um, I think from a Rangers perspective, the more, you know, yeah, the, the answer is yes, um, but the answer also probably deserves an explainer in that this team had a lot of priorities. You know, it, it's hard to pick out just one, Kevin. And, and yeah. the starting pitching, the starting pitching staff was certainly one. And the Rangers identified third base where they literally did not have a body um, as one A. And I think they identified that that Rendon um, or potentially Donaldson they feel like is is a more of an impact player than Grandal. Um, and I, I think you know it's, what's interesting is last night we kind of were in the in the GM suite and and there wasn't Ooh, much for the John GM to say. suite. <laughs> um, yeah, we that's part of the boondoggle here. We just go up there and party every night. What's the buffet um, like in the a, GM suite? It's got a disco ball. Um, <laughs> nice. Uh, Who'd you dance with? I, um, I, I don't want to talk about the buffet because the crab legs really weren't all that good. Um, but so we were up there for our little briefing last night and, you know, it, it, it's, it's an exercise in what questions can John not answer during the winter meeting. Right. He's, been a, he's playing poker at that point. But so he turned it around and he said, okay, you know, I, we're, you're all sitting here asking questions about the obvious. What is one, uh, non, non-obvious acquisition you'd like us to make and um uh, i think everybody else kind of took uh discretion as the better part of valor there and me and my big mouth i said well i'll offer an opinion yeah there's a um, shocker and uh you know my opinion was go out and try and trade for wilson Contreras once, once you get everything else done because that's a I think catching is a really significant need for this team. I think that he's a he's a good controllable catcher out there, um, but I think that's one of those deals that you get done once you once you identified what you think is your number one priority and address that. Then you come back to that. Do you think that uh, that John was actually trying to find out if y'all had a good idea? Uh, no, I think he was just trying to kill time. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, uh, well, what do you think are the odds on Rendon? Let's just so cut to I, the chase here. So, you know, what I wrote this morning is basically with, with Washington out, it, it feels like that in all likelihood it's going to come down to the Dodgers and the Rangers. And uh, I think the Rangers, uh, the Rangers' best chance here is the best financial offer. Um, that's certainly something Los Angeles can, can match if they want to. But the Dodgers' strategy under Andrew Freeman, despite the fact that they've got a ton of money, has not been to lock it up in external free agents. Um, and so if the Rangers were to go out there and offer a seven-year contract that is in line with the annual value of uh, of what uh, the extension was that Nolan Arenado signed with Colorado, which I think averaged out to 32.5 a year, I think if, if they do that, it's really going to put pressure on the Dodgers to either um, move on and maybe move towards uh, trading for Chris Bryant from the Cubs uh, or looking for other options for a, a power hitter because they don't necessarily need a third baseman. They just need they, – they would like a right-handed power hitter to balance out their lineup, and they've got so many versatile guys that they can move guys around. So if I were the Rangers, I would try and, and take my best shot here first because know this, if the Dodgers want to outbid you, they will outbid you. And if they do outbid you, it does not matter that Texas is going to have a nice climate-controlled stadium or that geographically, yes, you are closer to your home in Houston. Um, even if you drive as fast as Kevin does, it's still a four-hour drive from Dallas to Houston. Um, and when you're making $35 million a year, they have plenty of private planes that will get you there in, in a very short amount of time wherever you live. Um, so... That would be my deal. Take my best shot with Rendon and, and, and try to take the Dodgers out of a bidding war, and that way get it resolved rather quickly. So strategically, strategically, you think they should accelerate it, and what timetable do you think is, is viable for them to get this? Well, David, I think strategically they should try to accelerate it without necessarily bidding against themselves. Um, but I also know, you know, this is this, the other complication here is that on the free agent market, we just had Steven Strasburg sign a seven-year deal for $245 million. Uh, we've got Garrett Cole out there who's going to, who, who's drawn some interest from the Dodgers as well, as well as the Yankees and, um, and the Los Angeles Angels. And he's probably going to sign an eight-year deal worth close to $300 million. And then you've got Rendon who's going to sign a deal of somewhere between, let's say, 225 and 250 uh, and he's drawn interest from the Dodgers, and he's drawn interest from the Rangers. The interesting thing is they're all represented by the same guy, and he's trying he's trying to get the best deal for each one of his guys, and it, it behooves Scott Boris to try and draw the Dodgers and Rangers into a bidding war for Rendon. So he may want to slow play that a little bit. Um, I can't imagine that, that he's really that serious about – Rendon, you know, you got Justin Turner at third base, who's very a very nice third baseman, a lot of production there. Obviously, they like to move guys around. They, the Dodgers drive me crazy. You know, one one minute a guy's playing center field in the World Series, and the next inning he's playing second base. You know, I just, yeah, I, I think if they if they were to get Rendon, they'd move guys once, and that would be it. You'd move Turner to first base, Muncie to second base. Um, you'd move Bellinger to the outfield for good. 
and then if you wanted to to continue to improve that team, oh, you've got you know Gavin Lux and Jock Peterson and Alex Verdugo that you could all try and trade away to finish up any other needs that you have. This is this is the issue the Rangers have is they can make a great offer, but if the Dodgers match that offer, they're sitting here saying, look, we've been to two World Series in the last three years. We just lost to you guys in five games in a series we very easily could have won in the division series. This is what we've got, and this is what we've got coming. How, if you're Anthony Rendon, if winning championships matters, do you select Texas over over, over L.A. at that point? So that's the uphill battle the Rangers have in, in, in winning that negotiation. Give me a refresher course on when uh, Adrian Beltre signed with the Rangers. What I remember was that there was not a lot of excitement in this market even about that deal when he made it. Uh, there was a feeling, you know, there, there was a little uh, storyline circulating, oh, he's just a career year guy. You know, he had that big Yeah, that, well, I mean, because he, he had had the career year in Los Angeles, went to Seattle, and the numbers in Seattle didn't match up to the, the numbers the year he had put up in, uh, in Los Angeles. Uh, went to Boston on that one-year deal and put up a really good, year there um and no there wasn't as much excitement partly because the rangers had gone into the offseason saying we want to re-sign cliff lee um and they were going to uh go all out on cliff lee and cliff lee signed with philadelphia and so then the rangers said well what's the best way we can improve our pitching staff uh looking at the rest of the free agent market and they determined it was to get a good third baseman who could offer them some offensive upside, but who could also help save some runs defensively. Um, Beltre was sitting out there, and he would have loved to have gone back to Los Angeles, where his home is, and played and played for the Angels. The Angels were not going to play with Scott Boris. And so there were the Rangers sitting there saying, okay, you want a six-year in your contract? We'll give you a six-year. Um, that it would take him through his age 36 season, and it ended up being as good a long-term free agent signing as as any team has made in the for a position player for sure in the last decade. I would say that he was the best free agent signing they ever had. That the Rangers ever had? Yes. Oh, um, from Florence's perspective, yeah. You yeah. know, I think there will be people who will always argue that Nolan gave the team validity and all that stuff, but from a from a performance perspective. I think it would be hard to to top Adrian. I think the Will Clark signing ended up being a good signing for um, for some clubhouse reasons and for for character of the club and everything. But yeah, you can't you can't come close to matching what Adrian has done uh, for this team in terms of uh, performance on the field. He became a Hall of Famer while he was here. He was not on the Correct. track to be a Hall of Famer before he got here. Uh, Correct, and and that uh, and that tells you everything um, that, that that's what they got out of that. So that's what's remarkable to me about that. That's why I brought it up. I just remember when he signed, I thought, you know, this guy's really good, you know, and and but the feeling with the, it seemed like with the fans and even the media, in, in media, the local media, the national media, yeah, okay, nice signing, move on, let's move along. Uh, and well, I mean, that was Jeezy narrative, right? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, so I, I'm wondering how do you how do you compare Anthony Rendon because I guess they were they're approximately the same age. Rendon will be 30 next summer, right? Yes. 
and so they were they're approximately entering the same age. Uh, he's a very good third baseman. I don't know that he's as good a third baseman as as uh, Beltre was in his prime. Um, he's got very he's got very very good hands. Um, he moves well. You know, I think I think the um, the, the the Adrian had that had that ability to come in on balls and throw off balance that was so spectacular. Um, I, uh, that that's just a freak thing, you know. I don't think you can grade Anthony Rendon compared to Adrian Beltre on that stuff. Um, the thing that the, the other similarity for me that Rendon has with Beltre is is that their wrists, you know, they they don't strike out. Rendon does not strike out, and and even if this is even if we're playing in something of a juice ball era right now, what I've been told by scouts is. This guy is kind of um, he's kind of uh, juice ball proof. He may not homer, but he's going to hit doubles and, and, and make contact because of how disciplined he is in the zone and how quick his wrists are. Yeah, he has such a great approach at the plate. Uh, you know, the difference is that Beltre would swing at anything, but he'd make contact. Uh, Rendon is not going to do that. He's he's much more uh, correct uh, circumspect about what he swings at, you know, just, I was just looking at his line again from last year, uh, you know, uh, 34 home runs, 319, a 319 batting average, a 6.3 war, according to baseball reference, 6.3 is really high for a third baseman. I would imagine that you took, uh, you could take the, the Rangers entire infield last year. It didn't have a 6.3. Evan. I hear you. No, I don't think anybody did. I don't say anybody. <laughs> yeah. they, all of them together didn't do that, <laughs> is what I'm saying. So, at, at any rate, uh, Evan, we seem to be bothering you, so I'm going to – I think we're going to move on. Uh, no, you're not bothering me, but I can't seem to turn off people calling and texting into my phone, and somebody is just texting me that my Facebook account seems to have been hacked. So, Oh, Evan, oh. I hate that. Well, all I gotta say is if you were if you were here at home where you should be, no one would have done that. You could have protected your Facebook account here in Texas where you where you. Should I think be. it may be time to uh, let Mark Zuckerberg know exactly how I feel about him and just get off the Facebook entirely. Maybe this could be the thing that actually alters his corporate yeah. behavior. Yeah, maybe he'll do something different. I don't know if you uh, if you knew this, Evan. We're we're not we're not going to speculate about this, but uh, the the stars have apparently fired their coach Jim Montgomery. Uh, we don't I think know. they actually have fired. Him. I don't think it's apparent. <laughs> it's not I think it's there was a there was a sportscaster in Austin <laughs> in the eighties, and, and he well, had, I think this may have this may have solved it. Maybe Jim Montgomery is who hijacked who fate hacked. Hack my Facebook account or something. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he's, he's hacked time, something. He's working as a hacker. Yeah, this is this is kind of big news uh, that you would fire your your coach in the middle of a season. Here's the you want the Jim Nill statement. We can go ahead and yeah, give let's this go with the Jim Nill statement. Jim Nill issued a statement. The Stars GM, the Dallas Stars expect all of our employees to act with integrity and exhibit professional behavior while working for and representing our organization. This decision was made due to unprofessional conduct inconsistent with the core values and beliefs of the Dallas Stars and the National Hockey League. And that was it? That's it. Okay, of course, that begs the question, what in the heck did he do? 
You think people are asking that right now? <laughs> yeah. I always think when you say stuff like this, this is fine. You know, you, sure. you, you've said what you're, you're going to say, but you have left it open to any number of things that could have happened. Usually. Well, I think it's perfectly clear. It, it's been spelled out perfectly clearly. Yeah. Yeah, I'll say. He had, he had behavior that was inconsistent with whatever it was. Which could range from, you know, who knows. How does this general statement apply to what the Rangers did with Ron Washington? Um, well, Ron Washington, it's the same way that it was handled, but Ron Washington um, resigned. Yes. And then I forget if it was uh, two days later or a week later, but because I had an extramarital affair, um, which is, you know, if that was the real reason he resigned, it's, it's very admirable that he would put his marriage over uh, over his job, but the, the general feeling was that there's there's more to that than was ever, ever discovered um, in relation to Ron Washington, but whatever it was has either been locked up with non-disclosure agreements yeah. or or uh, something else. All right, Evan. I just brought that up because this is how this could play out as well. It's sure. way too early to know, but yeah. Yeah, well, we, I hope we'll find out something. That would be really good. That's what we're here for, to find out these kind of things for. I was for wondering what we're here for sometimes. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> anyway. All right, well, we're going to wrap it up, Evan. You get out there to those meetings. I mean, you get after. You work hard. You, you have something good to eat for lunch. I sent some sarcasm in this. Kevin, next year I'll let you cover the winter meeting. Oh, that's right. They'll be in Dallas. Oh, uh, they usually are in Dallas. That's that's the thing, you know. Uh, uh, it hadn't been there since 2012. Well, that's what I meant by usually. <laughs> <laughs> Once a decade. Once you reach a certain age, that yeah. is usual, Evan. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right, Evan, that's going to do it. Thanks for everything. Uh, we're going to cut you All off right, well, now. I'm, I'm going to let you guys go so you can talk about the hot NFC East race. Yeah. And how the Cowboys' problems have all been solved now that they, they've all they, they kicked the scapegoat Brent Maher to the side. Yeah, that's Brent Maher, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks, Evan. It's always great to have you on. Uh, are you going to be in San Diego next week? <laughs> are you staying through Christmas? Uh, David. David? Yes. Yes. Don't you have some... Do you have some Kai four baths? <laughs> you know, I'm getting I'm getting Debbie some of that for Christmas. Some Kai some four baths. <laughs> All right. There was a there was a um, yeah. I'm not I'm not even gonna go. <laughs> Don't go there. Fun. Don't go there, Evan. Evan, you know we love you. We know we we know you're working hard out there. Give it all you got, pal. We'll see you. Oh, hang on. The masseuse is here. I gotta go. Bye bye. <laughs> There goes Evan Grant, and there goes our baseball podcast for this week. We hope that you will join us next week, and make sure you tune in for our Cowboys podcast. And and who knows, David and I might even throw in another one just for the heck of it about, I don't know, maybe the stars. Maybe we'll find (laughs) something out by then. So from everybody in here to everybody out there, thanks, and we'll see you. Thanks for listening to the Rangers Ballsy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our weekly episodes on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search the Ballsy with a Z podcast. Until next time, sports fans.
We'll see you.